Welcome to the High Crush Barbecue Show. I'm your host, Abe Delgado. In this episode, I talk to the most famous barbecue pitmaster you may have never heard of. Unless you're in the barbecue circles, of course. He's a barbecue world champion, and this year he was part of Mexico's third place finish in the world championship on a team led by Mexico's biggest barbecue ambassador, Mr. Luis Rivas. By the way, that was the best result ever by an international team at the World Championship. So congrats to those guys. Barbecue saved his life, and this is his inspiring story. It's my pleasure to have my buddy Smokin' Willie T, a.k.a. William Tashina, on the show. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Today, I am chatting with my good buddy, Smoking Willie T. Tish, is it Tishina? God dang it. Tishina. <laughs> man, everybody always butchers that, I'm sure. Oh, man, I always get it, get it all the time, man. <laughs> and you that's, just gave me the correct pronunciation. I still that, butchered that, it. That's why I go with Smoking Willie T. It's easier. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah, Smoking Willie T. So, uh, thank you so much for for uh, joining me on the show. I've been uh, wanting to to get you on for quite a while. Really interesting story. Great background. Um, I knew it was a story that I wanted to tell. You know, you and myself, and uh, and Luis Rivas and Pody and Sierra, all really really bonded um, last year, and and uh, we've cooked out at my house we've traveled together we've we've gone to events and um and done some barbecue runs together so really appreciate the friendship and i i am so glad i've gotten to know you and no, man. Uh, same here same here man it's been one hell of a year and and you know being able to travel with all the guys you know what i traveled more during covid than i have in my whole life <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's that's incredible. Yeah, man. So, yeah, and some really, really great, uh, and we'll get to it, some really, really great news for you guys last week um, that uh, definitely want to talk about. Yeah, man. So, uh, thankfully, you've, you, you've shared your story with me, so we'll jump into the story. But first of all, let's, let's learn a little bit about you and your background. To me, you're like the... Um, like the most famous pit master that nobody knows, you know, <laughs> like kind of in the background, but you've been in the, in the barbecue scene for a long, long time. Everybody that's in barbecue or around mm-hmm. barbecue knows you or has competed against you. Um, so let's start way back. Where did you grow up? And, um, you know, what were your, your early influences of food and barbecue? Well, you know, I'm I'm originally from Chicago. You know, I was born and raised in Chicago, and um, in 1984, uh, my dad uh, packed us all up, and we uh, moved to uh, Pasadena, Texas. You know, he, he was uh, bringing us out because you know he got a job down here, and and we uh, ended up moving into Pasadena. And um, you know, the the first, I guess, the first inklings of barbecue that I could remember is you know, my neighbor. Um, Juan, he used to barbecue a lot, and it was just, that's when I got 
I got hooked on it, I guess, because I would always every weekend he was always lighting up the pit and, you know, throwing fajitas and, you know, just chicken and stuff like that. And I don't know, it just it was one of those. It was just seeing that is where, you know, I started getting that. Uh, I wanted to learn how to do it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, in time, <clears throat> I was lucky enough, you know, with with the uh, different jobs that I used to have. Uh, I was able to join a barbecue team, uh, whew, I would say about 20, 25 years ago. And, you know, it was called, the name of the team was called the Sausage Slingers. And uh, our gimmick is we would get all kinds of different types of sausage, you know, uh, Chapel Hill and Eckridge and, you know, whatever sausage we could get in, in the supermarket. And we just smoke it all up and then we chop it up and put it in the pans. And that's, you know, what we were known for. And um, it was more of a party team. You know, all we all we did was um, go out there, you know, it was a way to get out of work for a weekend and, and you know, party and drink. But it, it's like, you know, the, we were never winning anything. You know, sometimes we'd get so drunk, so messed up that, you know, we wouldn't miss turn ins. And, you know, we, we were thinking we were barbecuing, but, we're, you know, the reality is we weren't really doing anything at all. And for me, you know, I wanted I always wanted to do more you know i wanted i wanted to learn more and you know i I joined several different teams throughout my you know my barbecue career and and it just they led nowhere you know you you start doing these big old giant barbecue parties and and it's more about working than it is having fun and i really didn't really enjoy it anymore and um i kind of left you know uh barbecue for a little while and then you know started working in corporate america uh, I was, you know, managing Petco's and Walmart's and shoe carnivals. And, um, you know, when you're working, you know, in a retail environment, you know, you really don't have any time off anyway. You know, you, like, you can never do anything because of the fact that you're always working. And um, for me, it was just like, and it was, it was a, it was a, I guess you could say it was like a, a one of those times in my life where, you know, I was going through a lot of changes. I was going through a lot of things, you know, personal problems. And, and you know, I I I, um, I resulted to drinking a lot, man. And I mean, it, it literally uh, it really literally took effect on my life where, you know, it started controlling it. And, you know, in 2011, you know, I got into uh, some some trouble. Uh, with drinking. And um, at that point, I was like, you know what, I can't do this anymore. You know, I, uh, I got to do something different with my life. And um, they always told me, you know, you need to get a hobby, you know, you need to get something that takes your mind off of things. And, and man, barbecue popped in my in my head, you know, right away. And there was a, a gentleman named Robert Smith, which is a real, you know, he's a real uh, big barbecue guy here in, in, in Texas. Uh, he does a lot of barbecue competitions now. He he GCs a lot everywhere he goes. And well, he took me under his wing. And he's like, hey, you want to learn how to barbecue? You can come join our team. And the, the name of his team at the time was Crazy Cookers. And again, we didn't know what we were doing. We were going out there, you know, just going to different barbecue competitions. And um, you know, we were just trying. We were doing our best and we were not winning anything, you know. And and one day he pulled me aside. He's like, man, what do, you, what do you want to learn how to cook? I said, bro, you know, I want to learn how to do brisket. He's like, oh, you're, you're really, you're jumping in there head head first, you know. You don't want to do chicken or ribs? I said, no, I want I want to learn how to do brisket. And uh, he, taught, he taught me how to do brisket. I mean, we, we, we 
we did it and you know the next thing you know uh robert left crazy cookers and we started working with a company called pits and spits which are a big barbecue pit company here in houston and uh he joined their he was working for them and he joined their barbecue team and next thing you know we're we're off to the races with pits and spits and um again you know we're going to a lot of competitions every weekend uh you know just just tossing our hat into the you know into the to the ring and 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 doing the best we could then all of a sudden we start winning you know and it's like once you get that winning edge you just want to keep on doing it you know so you want to learn more i did that for several years with them and it, it was really good you know um I learned so much just from watching the guys, you know, I learned, I, I met so many people while we were out there in the competition circuit, you know, that's when Ernest Savantes uh, was barely starting in, in the competition and, you know, Arnie was out there and, and, and anybody, but everybody was, you know, cooking. They were just, we were following the barbecue trail and we were just cooking and cooking and cooking. When you started getting into, because I remember we were talking one night and you said, you know, barbecue saved my life. You know, it's a, you know, if I, if I didn't have barbecue, I probably wouldn't be here right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and it did. I mean, in, like I said, in 2011, I got into, uh, you know, I'm a, I ain't going to lie. You know, I get interviewed and, and I tell people the truth. You know, I was a full-blown alcoholic. Uh, you know, I was, uh, I lost a lot of people in my life. Uh, because of the alcoholism and, and the drug addictions. And, and, you know, I didn't want to go down that path. You know, I didn't, I wanted to do something better. You know, I lost a lot of friends and, and uh, close family members. And I, and I thought to myself, you know, if I could do something different, if they were still alive, what would they go do? You know? And um, I, I would really, really thought that, you know, they would go out and, and, and seek help. And that's what I did. And, Mm-hmm. And like I said, barbecue was one of those things that it just saved my life. And, and it was it allowed me to do something different, you know, and not have to, you know, go and and take my my uh, problems out on drinking and stuff like that. Yeah. <clears throat> so t- 2011 was a pivotal point for you. Um, and then you really started getting into the barbecue scene. Um, what what? What year was it that you guys really started making an impact and started winning? It would be around maybe 2013, 14, right in that around around that time is when we started really doing really well in the barbecue circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I, it was about maybe 2016, where uh, Robert Smith left Pits and Spits, and then he created his uh, team, which is now First Class Barbecue. Um, and when, when that happened, we kind of, everybody kind of split and went their own ways. And, and that's when I, uh, reached out to Victor and George with Pitmaker. And again, you know, those, those guys right there, they, they really showed me. And I really learned a lot from Julio, Victor and George of what barbecue was about, you know, what you had to do to win. And, um, you know, I learned a lot from them guys. Now, who are, who are these guys that you're talking about? Uh, that's Victor Victor Howard and Julio Howard and, and uh, George Shore with Pitmaker. Uh, they uh, build barbecue pits here in Houston. Uh, they they have the vault uh, cookers and the saves, and um, they have uh, the snipers. They actually were at the you know they big a big old party at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, and and uh, they are they're really well known in the in the barbecue in the barbecue competition scene. Awesome. And so when did you start actually working in, uh, in restaurants and, 
you've been kind of a kind of a journeyman. I know, um, you know, since I know I've known you, um, you were working at a at a big spot, and you were basically running the whole the whole show there. Talk to us a little bit about your career in barbecue and kind of what you've been doing, um, you know, since uh, since uh, you started competing and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, after after uh, I started working with Victor and George and Julio, you know, uh, joining their team and, and you know, doing competition cooking, uh, they, they always pushed me to, you know, like, hey, you need to pursue uh, getting, a, you know, getting into the barbecue business, you know, working at a barbecue restaurant and, and, you know, doing something else different than what I was doing at the time. And um, I was working for a company called Savory Spice. And it, what it is, it's a, a, like a boutique spice company that has like all the spices from all over the place. And, and we were doing a lot of, uh, we were doing a lot of blends for like, we were, we were actually doing Ronnie Killen's blend uh, for his restaurant until he, I mean, it just got so big that he had to get HEB to take it over and, and, you know, they had to get co-packers to pack it. But I started learning how to blend spices, you know, and, and blend rubs and make, you know, sauces and, and, and things like that. So, um, the company actually went out of business and, and at the time Pinkerton, uh, was just barely opening his restaurant in Houston. And, you know, I went into his restaurant just to go eat, you know, and he was so busy. I remember that day, there was a line out the door. It was his grand opening, you know, and, and you know, there was a lot. I was like, dude, are, is everything okay? He's like, man, I'm, my guy didn't show up. I need, you know, I'm, I'm shorthanded. I was like, well, do you need me to help out? He's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, do you need me to help out? I go, I can jump in the back and, you know, I'll help you out whatever you need. He's like, yeah, yeah, I can use the help. So I went back there in his pit room and I started working and, and, uh, you know, we got through the day. It was, it was a long day, but we got through the day. And, and at the end of the, you know, at the end of the shift, he comes up to me. He's like, man, you want a job? And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, he goes, I need somebody, you know, and, and, you know, what you did today was awesome. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm working at Pinkerton's barbecue and I worked with him for about maybe five months, six months and ended up just, you know, it didn't work out, uh, you know, because of differences and stuff like that. So I ended up leaving him and, um, you know, I, I got back into the corporate role again. I started, you know, doing things and I just wasn't happy, man. Um, just, you know, working for other people and, and doing something that you don't love. You just, you, it, life gets miserable. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, during the pandemic, uh, you know, COVID had barely hit and, you know, I got laid off the job that I was working at and it just so happened that, um, uh, Tin Roof Barbecue in Atascacita was looking for a pit master because theirs was leaving to Dallas and, uh, you know, Breck called me in and he's like, hey, do you want to, uh, I need a pit master, you want to come work for me? And, and next thing you know, I go in there, interview and, you know, get the job and I'm, you know, the pit master at, at Tin Roof Barbecue started doing everything for them. So, yeah, that's basically how I got into the barbecue restaurants and, and, and you know, cooking, cooking for the masses. During this whole time, you've always continued to compete. And also, I mean, I've seen you traveling all over. I've seen you cooking with all, uh, and you're not afraid to jump in and help somebody. Um, talk, talk to us a little bit about kind of some of the the fun things that you do and, and how you got kind of caught up in all of that. Yeah, it's just, you know, um, the competition thing, you know, when, once you get the, the competition 
uh, we, you know, I was able to go with, you know, through Victor and George and Pitmaker. Um, you know, we have a friend that, that actually bought a Pitmaker vault and it got shipped to uh, Hong Kong. And about a, maybe a year later, the guy's name was Timothy. He, he called Pitmaker and was like, man, I got this big event in the Philippines and I need help. And, and they're like, well, you know, how will he might he may be able to go out there. So Timothy reached out to me. He's like, hey, man, I got this big old catering event in the Philippines. Uh, I need to cook some barbecue, some Texas barbecue. You want to come out? And I was like, oh, heck, yeah. You know, I'm not going to pass up that opportunity. So I flew out to the Philippines and, and uh, cooked barbecue with him. We cooked uh, 800 pounds of beef uh, on, a, on a salt lick pit, man. I mean, we got wow. out there, and these guys, they built a, a exact replica of the salt lick pit. And we get out there, and we're like, hey, you know, what are we cooking on? And he's like, that pit right there. And we're like, well, no, salt lick doesn't use that pit. They cook on smokers, and that's just their, their display pit. <laughs> so we're like, oh, man, what did we get ourselves into? And next thing you know, we're, you know, 48 hours in trying to get this cook going. And, and uh, you know, once you learn how to cook on that pit, it, it, it goes so quick, man. And we learned in we learned how to cook on that pit in about six hours. And next thing you know, we're just up all night cooking meat. And then from there, I was able to go to Hong Kong uh, and cook in Hong Kong uh, with him for another event. Uh, been able, I've been so lucky and blessed, you know, barbecue is just, I, I've been to uh, uh, Puebla, Mexico with Luis Rivas. You know, I met Luis Rivas on Facebook. And he, we were always just messaging back and forth, back and forth. And he was having a competition called the, the Tomahawk Challenge. And he sent me an email. I was like, hey, Will, do you want to come out? You know, I need some judges. And I was like, sure, man, I go out there. You know, I didn't know nobody. I didn't know these guys. And I, at the time, I was watching, you know, Border Wars and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to get kidnapped, you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're like, man, they're going to they're gonna hold me for ransom. And all this stuff was just going through my head. But I get out there and I meet them. Lewis picks me up at the airport and, man, I don't know. When I, when people say that God puts people in your life for a reason, uh, I truly believe that. And, you know, I believe, uh, you know, he put Lewis and, and the guys in Monterrey and all them guys in my life for a reason. And and through, you know, cooking internationally with them, you know, I've been able to go to, to Cabo and to Puebla. I've cooked in Monterrey several times. Uh, I had the luck, you know, this is how I met you, you know, going out to the heritage and, and going out there and cooking with, with, uh, with the guys out there and, and then, you know, doing all the festivals here in Houston, I mean, in Texas, you know, the Troubadour Festival and the Breakfast and, and Red Dirt and, you know, um, during my competition days, you know, I hooked up with a, a, an organization called Operation Barbecue Relief. And uh, those guys there, too, you know, that, that that was one of the pivotal points in my life where, you know, I learned about giving back, you know, uh, doing things uh, outside of yourself. And when you get back to the community and get back to, to people that need you, you know, man, blessings come your way. And and with Operation Barbecue Leaf, you know, Harvey hit Houston and we were flooded and they were here in downtown for two weeks. And that whole two weeks that they were here in Houston, I was out there every morning with them every day and, and just, you know, smoking meals, cooking meals, delivering meals, you know, doing whatever I had to do, you know, to, to help them out. And, you know, even the way I see things, you know, when you give back and, you know, jumping in there and everybody's always like, man, Will's always here. Will's always there. You know, it's because 
that's a passion. You know, when you have that passion, you'll do anything to, to, to you know, to be happy. And, and that's what makes me happy. Yeah, that's that's definitely one of the things that defines you. I know every time I look up in my social media feed, um, you're cooking for something or for someone or for some organization. You're trying to help someone out. You have such a, such a good heart and um, and you never hesitate when people ask you. I've seen you do things for, I know, you know, being a recovering alcoholic. I know you've, you've you know, tr- tried to help some folks that are that are going down that path as well. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's all, you know, it's about giving back. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when I was going through the struggles I was going through, you know, I went to a lot of AA meetings and, and you know, they, it changed my life. And, you know, when you when you have these people that are that are, you know, recovering and they're trying to do something with their lives, you know, you have to give back. And, and anytime, you know, AA has a barbecue benefit or they need to do something for an anniversary, they call me and they're like, hey, well, can you barbecue? I'm like, hell yeah. You know, I, I give back. I don't ask for anything. You know, they don't they don't pay me. Uh, I just volunteer my time. And to me, that's, you know, one of the biggest things that, that I could do, you know, to give back. Uh, I talk to a lot of, you know, I get asked to speak to a lot of uh, people that are that are recovering and, and to tell my story on what I did and, you know, what I'm doing. And and uh, we, we call it sharing your experience, strength and hope, you know, and yeah. try to try to, you know, plant a seed to these people that they can change their lives if they want to. And- That's awesome, man. <laughs> it's definitely cool that we're hearing your ringtone because if anybody knows Willie T or ever is around him, you'll hear that ringtone. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it's funny. I was, um, I was in Mexico a couple weekends ago at a, at a restaurant and hanging out with my wife. And um, like one of the rooms that I walked into had the, the R2D2 um, sound. And I, I was like, man, I, Thought of you, Willie T. <laughs> like that's my boy Willie. I almost, uh, I almost recorded it and sent it over to you. But uh, that's, I mean, uh, uh, you know, another big, big part of my life. You know, if anybody knows who I am, I am a huge Star Wars fan, and you know, I, I collect R two D twos, and I have I, I probably one of the biggest R two D two collections in the city of Houston. And I mean, it's just, uh, you know, they say the older you get, the more expensive your toys get. <laughs> Ah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So going back, I know you mentioned that, uh, you know, you cooking in the Philippines on that, uh, on that pit that they replicated, you know, one of the things that I've heard you say that you're, that you pride yourself on is, is that, man, I can cook on anything. That's what you're supposed to be as a pit master. Um, I, you know, give me a, a shopping cart, I'll cook on it, you know, um, which is, which is pretty awesome. But, um, now you have, you know, you work with sponsors and you got all the nice stuff. Talk to us a little bit about some of the sponsors that, uh, that you work with and, uh, some of the cool things that you've gotten to do through sponsorship. Yeah. Sponsors are, are, you know, they, they're a big part in any barbecue pitmasters, you know, arsenal, because without them, you know, a lot of things we can't get done. And, you know, when I had a uh, left pit, uh, pit maker, um Shane Draper which is is someone I met in in Memphis when we did Memphis in May uh called me up and he's like hey you left pitmaker he's like um and there's this grill that's coming out and and they're looking for some ambassadors uh 
you know, but would you be willing to talk to them? And I was like, yeah, yeah. So um, the company was called Gorilla Grills and it's a pellet, pellet cooker. And, um, you know, I called uh, Mark Graham, which is the owner over there in it. Gorilla Grills is in Washington. I mean, in Michigan. And um, I talked to him and he was like, man, I follow your social media. He goes, man, how would you like to uh, cook on our grills? And I was like, well, you know, how much is it going to cost me? <laughs> you know, that's the first thing that comes to mind. He's like, man, he was just all we ask for you is to cook on our grills, post it on our social media and we'll send you what you need. And I was hooked. I was like, yeah, man, go ahead. And, you know, <laughs> I've been lucky. I've been lucky enough to have every single one of their grills. Uh, they just came out with a primate. I haven't got that one yet, but I mean, all their other ones I do have. And, um, you know, same thing with uh, Fatheads uh, eyewear. You know, I I used to follow Fatheads whenever I used to deal with the NHRA because we used to cook for the NHRA. And um, I met one of the guys, his name is Steve Libby, and he, he introduced me to Fatheads. And, you know, some of us pitmasters, you know, you as you can tell, we have we have big heads. You know, and, and of course, I, you know, I want a pair of Oakley's, you know, or Ray-Bans. But when you put them on, they're real tight to your head, you know. Well, Fatheads is, fatheads is a glasses specifically for people with big heads like us. You yeah. know, they have, they have some cool frames, you know, and, you know, you put them on and there's room. And so I started working with Fatheads. Oh, man, since about 2009, I've had Fatheads. And they've been sponsors of mine ever since. Uh, Daigle's. Uh, barbecue sauces out of Louisiana. You know, I met Gail Dago at Memphis in May and, uh, you know, I started using her sauces. I got them into the spice company when I was working there and, you know, they take care of me with whatever I need. B&B charcoal, uh, you know, whenever I need pellets or, or charcoal, you know, I get, I get my B&B supplies coming in. Um, you know, clothing, um, Muy Loco supplies our, our hats for us and, and and all our, our uh, T-shirts and stuff sometimes whenever we need them. I mean, it's just sponsors are the way to go, especially when you're doing competition cooking. Because, you know, without them, it's nothing. none of this is possible. Yeah, man. I've, I got to go to the showroom uh, in Houston with you at uh, – was it in Houston or Dallas? Uh, the showroom was uh, – I think that was in uh, San Marcos at Texas uh, Barbecue Depot. No, it wasn't San Marcos. It was uh, it was the Gorilla uh, Grills. Oh we yes, were... that, that's in Dallas. Yes, sir. That yeah, was that in was... Dallas. I don't even uh-huh. remember. We've hung out all different uh, places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gorilla Grills has their warehouse in Dallas. So you know, uh, I'm lucky enough to whenever they're having events up there, you know, I can drive up to Dallas and do a, a class for them, or you know, just hang out with the guys over there. If I need anything, you know, any kind of equipment, I'm always you know just drive up to Dallas and get whatever I need. They take care of me and. You know, without them, like I said, it's I can't. You know, nothing's possible. Yeah, those guys are great, man. That showroom was pretty awesome. It was great to go hang out with those guys. I'm gonna need to get some fat heads off of you, man, because I definitely have one of the fat heads, dude. I oh yeah, definitely, dude. I'll get you a <laughs> pair, man. I mean, Robert Terra is a big, a big advocate of fat heads uh, because oh, you know, I know we... that guy's got a big, big noggin too, <laughs> man. That's for sure. Uh, so man let's um let's talk a little bit about um this incredible event that you guys had a couple of weeks what well, was about a week ago the the Houston rodeo right yes yes uh-huh yeah so talk to us a little bit about that event what it means to people in competition what it means to barbecue and then let's jump into the experience as well 
Yeah, the, the, the World Champion Barbecue Cook-Off in Houston is like one of the biggest competitions in the state, uh, in pretty much in the nation. And, you know, you're, you're competing up against uh, 250 teams. And most of the teams are, are you know, are well-known. You know, they're bringing in guys, you know, like Tuffy Stone and, and Mo Quezon and, you know, Brad and uh, Orson for the Shed. Uh, uh, a couple of years ago, Chris Lilly was in town, you know, for it. And, I mean, it is a, it's the who's who of barbecue. Our buddy uh, Ronnie Killen. Ronnie Killen, yes. Ronnie Killen barbecues with uh, barbecue commanders out there. Yeah. Uh, Pinkerton is with SNS, uh, SNS Cookers. I mean, Everybody in the barbecue world is at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. And uh, this year, uh, I, you know, was helping uh, Operation Barbecue Relief and, and, and Luis uh, Rivas' team, you know, I was kind of running back and forth from team to team trying to, you know, help help both of them out. I, I got Luis Rivas a lot of sponsors. And, and um, this year was one of those years. It, it was, I guess it was a breakthrough year for, for the Riva Smoking Grill team because uh, they pulled off a, a third overall uh, a title, you know, and, and that's really big for, for a team internationally. It's the only inter- international lean that uh, has been ever top three in Houston. Yeah, that's that's just <laughs> incredible. I know um, I was talking to Luis um, yesterday or the day before, and he was talking about the – the best an international team had done previously was um, Brazil. And I think they ended up at 21st out of 250, which is fantastic, which is great, yeah, yeah. you know, but to, to land at third place with that type of competition um, is just unbelievable. And I was, I was ecstatic to see that. And uh, I know how hard Luis works. I know how hard you work and, you know, these you guys are just meticulous about everything. I know that you were helping out a couple of teams out there, but Luis had nothing but but high marks to say about you and how much you contributed and you've always contributed to him and, and you're you know, you're a big part of that success. So um, congratulations to, to you, Luis, and the rest of the team. I know Robert was 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 cooking as well for Team Mexico. Yeah, um, yeah, Jaime Jaime Garcia did the ribs for for Mexico, and I mean it was you know I've I've seen Lewis, you know, from where he started and to where he's at now, and to see the level of competition cooking that he's doing, I mean, I'm I'm proud of him, you know. Mm-hmm. And Lewis is the kind of guy that you know he asks a lot of questions, you know, mm-hmm. how do you do this, you know, what do we do here, and you know, you might tell him your what to do but he's going to do something completely opposite, you know, mm-hmm. and in barbecue, that's what people do. You know, you, want to, you, you want to create your own style. You want to create your own, you know, uh, uh, rubs and, and, and sauces and stuff like that. So you take every little advice that people give you and you just incorporate it into what you want to do and, and you go with it, you know, you roll with it. Lewis mm-hmm. is very lucky because I believe, it was a new scoring system that they were doing in Houston. And, and from what I understand, uh, the scoring system was kind of messed up. And um, he was one point away from taking reserve grand champion there. Jeez. That's wow. And that That's big. And, you know, with operation, <laughs> with operation barbecue relief, you know, uh, after Harvey, the city of Houston gave up their spot and, and, it, you know, to show appreciation for what everything they did for the city they gave them the spot to uh, where, you know, where they're at now. And in 2018, 
when we cooked there for the very first time with, with OBR, they took third place overall. And, mm-hmm. and then in 2019, we came back and, and, you know, we went blazing saddles and, and we ended up with the grand championship. And then in 2020, we ended up with the reserve grand champion there. So, yeah, I, you know, being a, a grand champion, being a world champion is, is really, really something that's special to me. I remember when we won the grand championship, Mark Lambert came up to me and we were all crying, you know, and he's like, Will, he goes, what does it feel like to be a world champion? And I was like, man, I don't, I don't know, man. He's like, well, he goes, man, we'll take it all in because you're a world champion, man. And he goes, and nobody can take that away from you. Wow. <clears throat> That's definitely impactful. I know that, you know, a lot of times you're in the moment and you don't really understand the, the magnitude of what you guys have accomplished. And uh, like I said, I was having a conversation with Luis the other day and he said some guys reached out to him, you know, People that are in the U.S. that are working and and sending money back to Mexico, back home to their families that are struggling, that have worked hard their whole lives, that have reached out to him and um, and thanked him and told him that they are proud of him for, you know, for for accomplishing that. And uh, he's like, man, all, all I could do was just was was cry. He's like, man, I I didn't understand, like the emotions kind of took over for me and uh and i i'm like man that's that's so impactful and 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 cool to hear those kinds of stories but you know you you've been doing this a long time you're a world champion uh you've helped uh so many other folks be successful um had mexico uh, been a part of this before this event before uh, yes, Mexico was there uh, 2020. That was their first year there. Uh, 2000, as a matter of fact, on Facebook, I, I, you know, old feed popped up and it showed the stats of where they were at in 2020. And uh, Luis came in uh, 126th overall in 2020. So to come 126 to third overall, that's a big accomplishment right there in one year. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome! That is awesome. Uh, definitely going to uh, to have to celebrate with him next time that uh, next time that I see him. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, it, it, like I said, it's an awesome feeling to be a part of Team Mexico. You know, my dad's from Monterrey, so you know, I, I'm proud to be on that team because you know, being my family's from there, you know, from from Monterrey, then mm-hmm. you know, when he asked me to be a part of the team, you know, it's just like wow, you know, it's a it's a real honor. And like I said, with, with Lewis, I, Lewis is my road dog and, uh, we travel everywhere, you know, and, and people always like, man, y'all are all, always together. Like, like, bro, I said, like, he's my brother. You know, we went to, <laughs> we did brisket camp with Pody, uh, in, in Texas A&M and, you know, he was on the barbecue panel up there and, and, you know, to see all this stuff, you know, like I said, to see him grow and to see all the things that he's accomplished, man, it, it just makes me proud because. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to do that with him and, and you know, be there, be a part of all his, his success. Yeah. Because I know for me, you know, I helped a lot of people along the way. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people that I've helped, you know, they, mm-hmm. they've gone on to do better things and they and they kind of forget about the people who helped them, you know. And yeah. and, and I, I don't want to be someone like that. You know, I want to share my success with everybody else. I want to, you know, help everybody if they have questions, if, if, if it's BCs and say, hey, Will, I just want you to show me how to trim a chicken up, you know? Yeah, come mm-hmm. on. 
I'll tell you how to do everything. I, I, ha I don't hold no secrets, you know. It's, it's a, I can show you everything, but can you replicate it and do, you know, and, and cook it, you know? And, and like you said, when you, when you learn how to do, when you learn how to be a pit master, you have to learn how to cook on anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, you know, the many years that I've, I've competed, you know, I've cooked on, on old Smokies, Weber's, you know, barrels, uh, you know, pellet cookers, vaults, uh, pits and spits, uh, you know, offsets, uh, Moberg's, you know, I cook on Oilers, I've cooked on old hickories, you know, almost any pit that's out there, I've cooked on it, you know, <laughs> and awesome. I tell people, you know, hey, if I have to go to Walmart and get a steel trash, uh, a steel shopping cart and flip it over and put some charcoal in there, I'll cook on it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mentioned Pody's. That's another one of our brothers, man. That's Pody. Yeah, yeah. The, the great Pody. <laughs> that guy's that guy's all heart, man. I I wish mm -hmm. I could have gone to Camp Brisket with you guys. I was scheduled to be there, but um, yeah, we had a little COVID scare, and I didn't want to bring anything anything like that over to you guys but i'll hopefully make uh make one uh coming soon yeah camp brisket was awesome you know i i i wish you know uh within my you know growing up i wish i would have pursued education and, and, and pursued stuff in the culinary field uh you know going to brisket camp and learning all the stuff that we learned i mean we were literally in the classroom and they bring out this half half carcass of a, a, a steer and then you know they're showing us where the brisket's at you know where everything's coming from and it's, it's a classroom and i was like i'm thinking to myself man i wish i would have went to school to learn all this you know who knows yeah. where i would be right now <laughs> and uh yeah, hey, go ahead no i was gonna say everybody has a different path man not everybody you know there's more there's uh, more than one way to to skin a cat right that's what they say right yeah so. yeah See, yesterday I was a part of the guest panel that got invited for NASA to go judge for the, the Houston High School Culinary Arts. And what it is, is uh, NASA reached out to all these culinary uh, schools throughout the nation to come up with a menu uh, that is going to be sent to space to feed the astronauts. So <laughs> I yeah. saw you post that the, uh, yesterday, I think. I was, I was like, I got to ask him about that. That's how did you get chosen to do that? Well, you know, Milby High School is my, my uh, you know, high school I graduated from. And I know the chef in the culinary department there. And they have a barbecue cook-off team of students that go to competitions. And I met out. I reached out to them and was like, hey, you know, if you ever want me to go up to the class, you know, to school and teach the students how to cook barbecue, let me know. And he's like, oh, dude, I appreciate that. And, you know, we, we, we built that relationship. So when, whenever they were doing this competition... Uh, you know, he reached out to me. He's like, hey, man, I need some help. I need some judges. Uh, you know, would you want to come out and, and judge for us? And I was like, oh, yeah, most definitely. And it, it was awesome, man, to see these kids, you know, working in the kitchen and, and, you know, cooking all this stuff. And, you know, they have real specific guidelines of what they can put in. And, you know, they, it has to be like under a, a, a thousand calories and it has to have, you know, a certain amount of sodium and, and they have to, it has to be good. It has to taste good, you know. Yeah. And, uh, man, it, it was awesome, man. It was awesome to see that. And, and, you know, for me to talk to the kids and tell them, you know, that, that what they're doing is awesome and, you know, they, that they are lucky and blessed to have a program like that because we didn't have that in, when I was going to school, you know, yeah. and had they had a program like that, you know, like I said, who knows where I would be. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunities for kiddos these days. And, uh, one of my interviews, uh, was it last year or maybe the year before, 
I interviewed a high school out of Lubbock and uh, they have a barbecue competition team and they also have a, a welding team that, that buils pits. So mm-hmm. um, it's great, man. That's, that's our future. You that's know, those, future, those, yep. those kiddos are our future. Uh, it's just, it makes sense that, that it's, you're involved with that because you're always giving back. So one of the things that I, <laughs> I saw you post one time and I've always, I wanted to ask you, and it deals with some of your uh, some of your travel and barbecuing and traveling. You were at I think it was brisket Camp Brisket maybe or it was another event. But um, whoever you were sharing a room with was snoring it up, and you had to go sleep out in your. Car. Oh my god, man, man! You know I Who love was that? I love Lewis, man, to death. <laughs> but man, when I have to share a room with him, it's like oh, you better take some head. Pl- you better take some head. Plugs and because man, I usually typically try to go to bed before the guys do. That way, I you know I can get some sleep. But uh, this night we got we got in. We, it was at brisket camp, and we got in, and um, oh my god, Lewis was just like a chainsaw, and I was doing everything that I could to get some rest, man. And, and it was probably about three o'clock in the morning. I was like, man, forget this. I just got my stuff, and I went to sleep in my car. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I saw you post that, and I'm like, "Oh man, poor Willie T. I wonder who's snoring him out." I thought for a minute, I thought it was, I thought it was maybe Pody or something, but uh, no, it was old Luis, huh? Yeah, it was old Luis, man. <laughs> hey, um, you know, uh, one of the things that I always like to ask my guests is, tell us something about you that most people don't know um i know you're an open book and you've told us quite a bit but uh yeah what's something that maybe most people don't know about you well i mean um a lot of people don't know i was into the lowrider scene i used to have a lowrider and you know i i am out in the in the lowrider hall of fame Um, oh (laughs) wow yeah i am part of uh the los magnificos uh lowrider car club uh, which is the oldest car club in Houston. Uh, I actually uh, know Helen Carmona, the Carmonas that actually started the car the car show. And you know, one of the one of the highlights of being into the lowrider thing is Hel- Helen's husband and her son passed away in a fire. Their house burned down. And you know, one of the wow. big things of being into the car club is to get a a, a Letterman jacket from the Los Magnificos. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Helen was like, hey, well, you know, we're going to get you a jacket. And I'm like, what? I said, man, you know, that's great. So I remember, I think it was the 39th annual uh, Lowrider show in Houston. And, um, you know, at the end of the state, at the end of the, the car show, they, you know, they handed me a jacket. And, uh, and it was it was it was an honor. And it would and she came up to me and she's like, you know, well, this jacket used to belong to my husband. And she goes, I wouldn't wow. want nobody else to have it but you. And I mean, it was, and I still have that jacket, you know, it's just like one of the biggest things. And nobody knows that about me. I used to, I used to, you know, be in a lowrider magazine. I used to work for a lowrider magazine. Uh, you know, I used to be a photographer and, and take pictures and go to car shows all over the state. And, you know, lowriding was, you know, one of the big things that I used to do when I was younger. Wow. That's pretty awesome, man. <laughs> I know that tends to be a, a running theme with a lot of folks in barbecue. It's it's really cool that. Um, yeah, on the thirteenth uh, uh, here, 
uh, on the 13th, uh, they're going to have a lowrider show in Pasadena, and they're actually incorporating a cook-off for it. So it's going to be the car clubs cooking stuff, and I am going to be uh, the guest judge there to go judge all this food that these guys are going to be cooking. Nice, and that's Pasadena, Texas. Yeah, not- Pas- <laughs> yeah, not Pasadena, Texas, not California. Because <laughs> that's right up the way. How am I going to that? Hold up, I'll I just let me correct it. Is it Stinkadina, Texas? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Well, man, I really appreciate you hopping on. Always a pleasure to hang out with you. Um, I really appreciated you uh, joining us on, uh, you know, I went on that 26-leg uh, uh, barbecue tour with my Dude, dad. I, and you, I can't uh, imagine how you did that, man. That was a <laughs> lot of food there. <laughs> yeah, so thanks for, thanks for joining us there. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, so... Um, where are you cooking these days? What are your plans? Um, where can people find you and follow you on social media? Uh, yeah, I am uh, right now. I am between jobs. Uh, Robert Smith with First Class Barbecue is opening a new barbecue restaurant in Crosby, Texas. So we're just waiting for permits and stuff to open up. And um, yeah, once it's up and going, I'll be working at First Class Barbecue in, in Crosby. Uh, okay. You can reach me at uh, on Facebook is William Tashina, just you know T I S C H I N A, and on Instagram it's T S C H Y N A. Got it. Okay, and I will add it to the show notes at the bottom. Um, maybe I'll get a, a picture of that jacket. Maybe uh, some old pics whenever we drop this episode. Um, oh yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I got I have my. Uh, 2019 grand champion belt buckle uh <laughs> just uh one of the things that i wear with pride that's awesome man well thanks again for uh for being on the show hopefully now people will know who smoking willie t is man i appreciate it Abe. man i mean <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that uh you know i was able to tell my tell a little bit of my story and and you know tell a little bit of who i am and and so people could understand you know uh that when you have a passion for barbecue, dude, you can do anything. That's that's great. We'll leave it at that. That's a great closing uh, statement. Thanks again, buddy, and uh, have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you. You too, buddy. Thanks for tuning in to the I Crush Barbecue Show. Remember, if you like the show, please let us know by leaving us a five-star rating on your favorite listening app. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to get all past and future shows and share with your friends. You can find us on most social media platforms at Show, and check out our website for updates and merch at iCrushBBQShow.com. Don't forget to tag us with your favorite picks. We'd love to see what you're crushing. Until next time, keep crushing that cue.